just love that you wore a Jawbreaker shirt today, Jerry. I had to. Well, so you're wearing, I noticed, a Johnny Cash shirt. Yeah, it's a... And you were wearing a Rush shirt. Yes. The last time I saw you. That's right. That's all I wear. I'm, Richard will take it. And that. I was like, I gotta wear... I gotta wear a band tee. You got a good one. Especially, I, I used to have that, but I lost that shirt to the sands of time. Really? The Jawbreaker shirt with the Morton Salt girl. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm the only one that would obsess over what to wear to a podcast. <laughs> We're back at the Brando cast after a little break because Richard Sheltinga, our super producer, who's here today with us, was uh, dying of coronavirus, mm. but he's back. Yeah. He's back on track. And I am so fucking excited to be here on this Sunday. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Cats and Kittens here on the Brando cast is a guy that I basically just met, but I feel like we're brothers in, in podcasting. It's interesting. I feel like this uh, This is us getting to know each other. That's oh, what yeah. I feel like this is. Absolutely. We're going to bro down. We're going to bro down. I'm going to bro down today with the legendary mm-hmm. Jerry Trainer. Did you hear the collective? <laughs> Everybody's in their car going, mm, I'm going to put on WTF. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Who's, who's Marin talking to? <laughs> oh, my God. Jerry. Well, now, uh, you, sir. Mm. Have an unbelievable IMDb page of work. Really? Let me just say that you do. I haven't checked. You do. You. It, well, I might have padded you it. You have worked. <laughs> I've, yes, I've you been ha- here. You have worked in the city of Los Angeles. I have an interest. Uh, a weird career. What do you think people recognize you the most for? iCarly. iCarly. I would say iCarly, and then and then some Drake and Josh. I played a crazy guy on Drake and Josh, and some people some people prefer that, and whatever. So when a kid who mm-hmm. loved. Drake and Josh. Yeah. Josh and Drake. Mm-hmm. When he was a kid or she was a kid. Mm-hmm. And they see you today. Yes. Do they have a little kind of freak yes, out there? all the time. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. My, my, my parents, or not my parents, well, my parents, but uh, my friends, you know, they, it, it, they see it all the time. Right. Like if I'm out, because all the kids are now grown up. Right. Because I'm very old. <laughs> and yeah. Well, I, so go, what, oh what, my God. What years were those? Okay, so we premiered in September of 07, mm-hmm. and it ran, and it's still on. They, they run it into the ground. Of course. They just, it's still running. But today. those kids who were there on the original Drake, it, the original wave of fans, yes. were, uh, were they 10, 11, 12, 13? Is that yeah, what sort of the was target like, audience yes, was? Yes, the target audience was okay. tween. Right, so now they're there in their early 20s. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Fanta- are, are there uh, Drake I, I, and Josh cons? They're, they're, oh, I don't think so. Nick, is there a Nickelodeon con? Because that was on Nickelodeon, right? There, well, there's the Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, okay. That's sort of their thing. Okay. Um, and I don't think, no, Nickelodeon doesn't really do a con. <laughs> <laughs> we went, uh, no. I, mean, I think they should. Yeah. <laughs> they do well, Dragon I did con. like Comic-Con, like when you're for, I did a cartoon for them called Tough Puppy, and we went to Comic-Con for that. Right. Okay, cool. With all the voice. Well, you it know, great. it doesn't matter. None of that fucking matters. The well, only I feel thing like that- it does, Brandon. <laughs> The only thing that matters is that you are here today and you've worn a jawbreaker shirt yes. from me, which is amazing. This, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, also, Jerry Trainer is very stylish. He, he had a great pea coat on. Yeah. I say this as a straight man. Yeah. He thanks. had a great pea coat, good jeans, Doc Martens, jawbreaker shirt. Yeah. You're the better version of me today. You can't come to a rock and roll based podcast without wearing a rock shirt. 
Nice. And here's, let me just go back. You, you and I have just met. Like yes. we, we did Arden's pot, the bachelor podcast. Twice. Uh, will you accept this? Right. Twice. With our very good friend, Arden Marine. Right. You and I have not really talked. Nope. We've talked in a sort of a group setting. We've talked in this set. Hey man, good point. Yeah. I, dude, I like totally that. agree with that. Right. Peter's a dumb dumb. I get it. <laughs> Victoria Hater. We are, uh, Jerry and I are on our friend Arden Marines. Will you accept this Rose podcast? Mm-hmm. We've been guests a couple times, and I think you and I are going to do the finale with the legendary so. Paget Brewster. You love her. And Rob Benedict. And so I, we can acknowledge the fact that we are watching, we are actively watching The Bachelor. Yeah. The Peter season of The Bachelor to break it down for mm-hmm. fans of the show. Yes. Give me your non-Arden Marine podcast observation of The Bachelor. Oh, man, it's so weird. Because we can say whatever the fuck we want on this. Okay. Like on Arden show, because it's iHeartRadio, she has to be a little delicate about, like, the fans don't want to hear people saying, like, this is the fucking craziest bullshit I've ever seen. Well, when I talked to her before I went on, I, she she was like, look, it's lame if you just come on and bash it. So right. treat it like sports. Like, treat it like you're trying to figure out who's going to win, but it's not really that it's, it's just trash. And it's, does anybody believe that these people are going to get married and stay married? No. So (laughs) what are we doing? What is this about? It's about influencers. Yeah. Yeah. It's about building your brand. And we saw it firsthand when we were walking into the studio. Richard, there was a a photo shoot on Larchmont Boulevard. Boulevard. There was some influencing going on. Posing yeah. so hard <laughs> in the in the doorway of Buck Mason, and we both stopped talking, looked right, and <laughs> locked eyes with the model who was posing, and it was just this weird like. I'll throw feces at you. Like, caught in the wild. Yeah. yeah, no, no, she was mad. She didn't want to be. Don't. Get, do don't the photo screw shoot this up. In the middle of the village, but still not wanting people to like acknowledge that she's there. Yeah. There are these influencing photo shoots fucking everywhere. 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 Yeah. Uh, the, the other day, in front of Alfred Coffee in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. the, you know, the young girl who was doing her influencing, she had a team of like seven people. I'm not kidding. There were like two guys on cameras, the the makeup, the hair, the whole fucking nine yards. That's crazy. I don't know who that girl is, but I assume she's got 500,000 Instagram followers. She wishes. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I hear they buy them now. Like, I don't even know. I don't know what's happening. You're not an influencer. I would worry for anybody that gets influenced by me. I mean, look, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and I like connect and I in cameo and I connect with people and I, I do that stuff. I try. Look, I mean, not to get too heady. I don't know what direction you want to take this conversation. Oh, we're about to start the podcast. Okay, okay. We're about to really start the podcast. Okay. All right. We're just doing Chuffa. Okay. And now we're going to start. Because okay. as you know, you've listened to the podcast before. Because I will tangent hard, and so you got to corral me sometimes. No, but I want you to. Okay. That's all we're doing. Okay. Because today I'm going to read you the history of a band that I think you do like. Because okay. I asked you to give me a couple bands. Yeah, and I woke beforehand. up and I immediately regretted the list. And this is the other thing. This is the other thing about music and asking the question you asked me. Yeah. Which is, I'm at a Mexican restaurant with having margaritas with my buddy, and you go, hey... I need your top three favorite rock bands now. And I was like, whoa, give me a second. And you were like, well, I was like, ah, and do I say what they are? But I immediately feel differently about that list. Like the next day, 
totally understood, but I like the choice that I made. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just I the like best. The choice. It is the best. I thought he was playing the sting. I was like, this is sweet sting, bro. It's great. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Airbag from Radiohead. Radiohead is an English rock band formed in Abington, Oxfordshire. In 1985, the band consists of Tom York, the legendary Tom York on vocals, guitar, piano, keyboards, everything else. The brothers Johnny Greenwood and Colin Greenwood, lead guitar and bass. Ed O'Brien, also on guitar. Phil Selway on the drums. The members of Radiohead met when they were attending the Abington School independent fancy school for boys they were originally called they called themselves as on a friday but they changed their name when they signed to emi in 1991 radiohead was taken from the song radiohead on the talking heads album true stories 1986 radiohead so we're going to use radiohead today okay to steer our discussion oh let's go so tell me why, why why did radiohead come to your head it was the fir- it was the first of the three yeah that came to my head it was the one that I was like well that's going in there yeah just because so give me a little they, bit of your can, fandom they can do no wrong right a the number one live concert I've ever seen where uh, Hollywood Bowl yep and um, it was uh, which concert I think it was so I think it was Kid A Amnesiac tour I was there. And I had seen them at the Santa Barbara Bowl. Nice. And then I saw them at the Hollywood Bowl. And so you were there. I was there. Three encores. That final where he comes out by himself, acoustic guitar, and plays True Love Waits, which is on the new album, Moonshape Pool. Nice. Not a poon-shaped mule. <laughs> That's different. That's a different... Uh, it's a it's a short film. <laughs> I did it. You shot Poonshaped Mule. It's gross. Is Don't it look slam it dance? It's did you not even. Dance? It's like scum dance. <laughs> but he came he came out and he played that song True Love Waits, which you can hear the version he plays on their live album. Yeah. It you know the live recording it doesn't do it justice. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen one person with an acoustic guitar turn a little man, a tiny, a <laughs> tiny British man, a tiny little British man, a tiny little British, basically elf a man. leprechaun. Yep. But he turned the eyes of the Hollywood Bowls bowl into stars. Yep. It was like people were crying and that. I've never seen anything like it. And the the whole show, it it felt like I was there for a lifetime. I I agree. Uh, They are one of the best live bands. And I'm going to say to people, unashamed, everyone knows that I love Rush, Van Halen, ACDC, Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden is my god band. Radiohead is fucking amazing live. One of the best live bands. And I can't I can't explain why. They just create this sort of ethereal atmosphere. Yes. It's not like they're fighting dragons. There's no laser show. Well, I will say that tour especially ch- changed my opinion on um, recording versus live because those records, the Kid A Amnesiac records, are very experimental. Yep. Odd sounds, weird computery sounds, and I, I you, you hear it and you're like, oh, weird, like, oh, this isn't where are the guitars, you know, there's some, but it's it's odd, and there's horns and harps and, but then you, when I saw them play those songs live, it was like, I get it, 
Yeah, I get like it. I get yeah. what was yeah. going on when they were recording them, and I get it, it was a I get it moment. It was like an aha moment, not a take on me aha moment, <laughs> just an aha moment. <laughs> what was your first concert? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, when I was really, really young, my parents took me to see like Donnie and Marie at the Wild Animal Park in San Diego. <laughs> Let's go with the next one. We'll, we'll go with the next one. We're going to delete that. I, I, Donnie and Marie at the at the Wild Animal Park in San Diego. Is that where you're from? You're from I'm San from Diego. San Diego. Fuck yeah! Dude. But here's the thing: in San Diego, there was a big, healthy punk rock scene, and so the, that, those were the shows I went to. So I mean, like, I remember seeing. Uh, this is, I'm just tooting my own horn. Do it. I remember there was a little place probably doesn't even exist anymore called the World Beat Center. Okay. And my sister and I went and saw Sublime and No Doubt. Oh, yeah. B- before they were anybody. Right. Before when they were just Orange County were, bands who came Orange down to County play bands. San Diego. No Doubt was starting Diego. to get a fo- Yeah, from the dig. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no Doubt was starting to get a following with that Red Album. Their, I think their first record or second. I don't know. Right on. But... Uh, I mean, I was immediately in love with Gwen Stefani. Right. I mean, immediately. She, she was gorgeous. She's forever gorgeous. Right. But, uh, that, so, I saw a lot of those types of shows. Right. Just like Rocket from the Crypt. and um, That's your generation. Because I'm, I'm probably 12, 13, 14 years older than you are. Okay. Right. So, my, so you're 41. Because I always, I always feel like yeah, I'm 41. <laughs> Look, I'm 28, dude. <laughs> The kids. I'm still relevant to the kids. <laughs> and LA is a cruel place, man. It's, oh, it's God, really what they you have chewed me up once and you spit me once out. Once you cross forty, they're like, hmm. How many times can we cover him in slime? <laughs> Good. Let's flush him down the drain. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Paramount. Let's go back to Donnie and Marie. Do you remember it? Do you remember no, this I show? don't remember it. <laughs> That's good. That's, that's, it has been amazing. No. A little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Uh, do I remember? I don't know. <laughs> the wild I, animal yeah, park? Yeah, there was a big field and they would have these summer concerts. Of course. It was like that. It was like, you know, concert at the cemetery that we have here. Right. Was your sister older? Three years. Okay. She lives here. She's a script supervisor. She's the bomb. Fantastic. She's great. Jerry's sister. Uh, she Shout introduced out to Jerry's me sister. to a lot of great music. The Ramones, Morrissey Smiths. Yeah, she she was very much a cultural touchstone for me. Was your sister a teenage punk rocker? Did she dress in the style? Did she like go mohawk? Did she go uh, ripped jeans and Converse we, high tops? We and- uh, when we were both in high school, that you know there was some butting of heads. You know, it was like the moment she left for college. We were like, I love you, never leave. But right. then she went to UC Santa Cruz. But she borrowed my flannel. In the grunge days, when she went to, do you remember the Metallica Guns N' Roses tour? Fuck yeah. She went to that. I didn't even, go, I didn't even get to go to it. Right. Which I had the cool flannel, though. She borrowed, went. That thing stunk to high heaven when it got home. <laughs> of the devil's, uh, the oh, devil's tobacco. What? I don't even know. Was it salvia at that point? <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, it takes you right back, doesn't it? This was is the is only Hollies? <laughs> <laughs> this is the air that I breathe. All I need Which is the I air that I breathe. I want to do that song so badly at a karaoke <laughs> one night and it's just it's too high. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I love the Hollies. Yeah. I should do the Hollies sometimes. Do this it. is Creep. Radiohead released their debut album Pablo Honey in February of 1993. Come to it's Florida, honey. Pablo <laughs> Installed at number 22 in the in the UK. As Creep and a couple of the songs failed to become hits. However, 
San Francisco alternative radio station KITS. They added creep to their playlist, and soon after, other radio stations along the west coast of the United States followed suit. I'm assuming K-Rock did. Yes, they did, because I remember that, because I was living at 1339 North Ogden Drive in Hollywood when this came out. By the time Radiohead began their first North American tour in June of 1993, this goddamn song was in heavy rotation on MTV. Sort of following in the shadows of Nirvana. The song rose to number two on the U.S. modern rock chart. And it almost became a pop hit. Creep. The weird thing about this song, I don't think it's evocative of Radiohead. It's not like a great... It's not like a great example of what they're truly capable of. It was a sure. massive fucking goddamn hit yeah. when it came out. But it's just a simple, pure rock song. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like not a them. Radiohead song. Right. Radiohead gets like weird time signatures. They go all over the place. There's like three songs kind of packed into one. Yeah. Read Paranoid Android. You right. know what I mean? But, I mean, it's just so... I didn't like rocks. this. I didn't like this, because I, in, in the year of our Lord, 1993, yep. your friend Brendan Smith is heavy into the what I would call the alternative indie rock, college rock scene. Oh! so I'm just is, out of college. So what year? What year? 93. This comes out in 93. So if you're into like indie college rock in 93, you are into... I'm into Sonic Youth. Oh, yeah! Uh, my my big bands back then. Goo! I loved Goo so hard. Well, that was 92, so that's still like we're living in like the, the glory of Goo. Yeah. And, I, you know, they came to LA a lot. God, I loved that record uh, so much. My Bands back then, the replacements, Husker Do. Replacements, the I saw them at the Palladium. Amazing show. It's I great. was there both nights for that thing. There you go. We were at a lot of shows together. Yeah, man. But that's what I do. I go to shows. You, so does Richard. Th- just so, just put, shine the light on you for a minute for me, mm-hmm. for my edification. You yeah. feel like a very LA guy. I, I don't you. know your history. I don't know you. Who are who is Brandon Smith? <laughs> but it's true. Like you know Arden and Paget and Amit Zappa, and, and I'm like I'm in this very Hollywood looking cool thing. It's like what is this? A- I don't know who I am anymore, Jerry. That's the honest truth. But I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Give it to me, okay? Because I think you and I have had parallel. Who's lives. the dude that that drove the car that was spray painted? The, his name's on the side of the car. Dennis Woodruff. Yes! Are I... you him? <laughs> like the guy, are you Angeline? Are you the are you the just fixture of Hollywood that everybody knows, but nobody knows what you do? How do you Jerry, afford food? There, there was a reason that I brought you on this podcast. And I think it's to get the bottom of this shit. I think you've cracked the code. Let's do it. <laughs> I think you've laid it out in a way that only a kind of a, a new person to my life can uh-huh. come in and say, I who know. the fuck are who you? Who are you? Okay. What are you driving and can we spray paint your name on the nah, side of it? I have to give my lease up in a week. Then so we can. I don't know. <laughs> You take it back and be like, this just happened. But it's your name, Brendan, on the side of the car. I'll give you the cliff notes. Mm -hmm. I will give you the cliff notes because you know me or you know guys like me. Okay? Here's, Here's the cliff notes. Went to Northwestern, did theater. Oh. Okay. I majored in theater. Okay. Where'd you go? 
You see Santa Barbara. Fantastic. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. What a great place. Great. Okay. So I went there and then I came out to Los Angeles in 1990 with my closest friends right out of school because every other idiot from Northwestern was coming out here too. And if fucking Schwimmer could book Monty, holy Christ, (laughs) then I'm here too. Did you know Schwimmer? Of course. Yeah. He was a couple years older than me. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. Was he he like already making it happen? He, honest to God, he got on a show with Henry Winkler called Monty. Okay. And I remember all of us going like, Jesus, Schwimmer got Monty? Like, that haircut will never... <laughs> that's not going to be a relevant haircut. He lived on Sierra Bonita in Beverly. Swear to God, in one of those like classic Fairfax district apartments. Okay. He had a, he had a ping pong table in one room and then just like nicer furniture because like, he had done the Wonder Years. Like, oh. Schwimmer did Wonder Years? Yeah. So he was a hot shot like out the gate. Yeah. Well, he was. He grew up here, and his mom was like an entertainment there lawyer. So he, he knew how to there navigate. It is. It. Got it. I came out here with my best friends. I came out here in the in the pre Nirvana days, but when I was in Chicago, I did the punk rock scene in Chicago hardcore. Like, who were the bands? Everybody. Uh, I saw Jane's Addiction first time oh, they came God, to Chicago. Husker Du, Replacements in Chicago. Oh my God. Uh, Pixies, uh, oh. Early Chili Peppers in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I just went to all those bands. And I was, because I was, I loved metal as a kid. Yeah. But then I transitioned to that post punk world. That's in weird, because that's my journey too, was metal, metal first. Yeah. And then grunge hit and punk. Well, the bridge is the Ramones and Motorhead. There's your bridge between mm-hmm. the two genres of music. And Motorhead and I didn't discover till way late. Way late. Totally that was fair. that was a that was a blank spot for me. Right. So I'll, I'll give uh, so I I'm out here in the early 90s. I you know, did some acting, got Gersh as my agent. Nice. And then, you know, after like 2 years of not booking a pilot, you know, I, they put me at the pasture. I signed at UTA as a writer. I got some great gigs. I mean, I had, I had great years and I had no years. And I right. had great years and I had no years. And now I'm just this guy who's stuck in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and I refuse to leave. <laughs> if someone Despite came to me, their best efforts. <laughs> right, if someone came to me tomorrow and said, you can start at Zion National Park. In the ranger station mm-hmm. or cleaning toilets, like go, come with us. You you want to work at Yosemite? Like let's go, Brendan. I'm ready to go. Wait, I'm just putting you that would out. Be, I'm ready to go. You're ready. I'm ready to go. You want out? I, I, I ready, I'm so ready to be a like park ranger. I, <laughs> oh it's God. less. Yes. It's less that they're kicking you out. Is that trapped. you can't leave? I can't. No, because I have a giant life here. I mean, I know I've been and here it's for cool here, That's and it's fun here. Really start happening. It, they, they better happen, Richard. We're working really hard to get to, to reignite stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, no. But I've done. I've done. I. I have done some really fucking amazing stuff. I wrote on this show called My Boys that was on TBS. Okay. And I wrote with my best friends in the world and had that experience. How did you meet Arden? I've known Arden for 20 years. I just met her from like the weird like alternative comedy scene, people like doing stuff. Because all my friends did Growlings. Yep. All my friends did Improv Olympic. Uh, you know, I've hosted shows at Improv Olympic. You know, I'm the guy. I, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm a jack of all trades. Yeah. That's who I am. You're... 
Are you the social maven? Yes. Okay. Especially when I was younger. Here it comes. Here it comes. Right. When I was younger, I was the guy who always threw the parties. And I always had the house. You were the party guy? I was the party guy. And uh, the social chair. I'm a social chair by nature. I was a social chair at SAE at Northwestern. I'm a social chair here. Okay. I'm the guy that calls people all week long to get them to come to the farmer's market for karaoke on Saturdays. And I'm the guy that finds the restaurant in the valley that we can all go to together and have a fucking great time. You, That's who so I you am. know all, do you know all the hole in the wall places like yes. oh you want good sushi? Yeah. I it's do. not Katsuya. It's right. it's this tiny little yes. thing. You can't yeah, find next it. Next to the 7-Eleven right. at Burbank and Colfax. Yes. Is that really uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> you just blew it. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> this is one of my favorite oh, Radiohead so songs. Right? Planet Telex. This is my favorite Radiohead album. I'm just going to say this up front. The Benz. The Benz. Radiohead finished their second album by the end of 1994, and they released The Benz in March of 95. Strong reviews for songwriting and performances. While Radiohead were seen as outsiders to the Britpop scene, which I did very hard. Okay. Oasis and Blur are big for Brendan Smith. I was Saw not them Oasis. Both when they came here. Blur love. Blur, love I have a story for. Okay, I'm going to hear that right but now. Go, Hold on. But go no, do I'm your thing. All I'm going to say is they were finally successful in their home country as the singles Fake Plastic Trees, High and Dry, Just, and Street Spirit made their way to the charts. So I want to hear. Amazing. This is a perfect record. This is it. This is this start is a to finish. Record. I don't record. care what kind of music you're into. If, if you don't, if you can't put this record on and just play it, yeah. And if you don't like it, fuck I you. I won't like you. Yeah, right. I just won't. It's a litmus test. We're not going to get along. Right. I think I, you you just reminded me that I need to play this for the new lady that I'm dating. And, oh, and if yeah. she doesn't like it, I think Kick we're done. Kick her out. Julia, no, it's no, coming, no, Julia. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, is she too good? No. You got to keep her at all better. costs? Yeah, I got to keep you her at got, all costs. This is it? Yeah, that's it. Don't play the record because what if she doesn't <laughs> like it? You'll just never look at her the same. You'll just like hold this resentment. You'll be like, well, I, I have to. It. Yeah, we won't Don't risk, risk it. it. I won't risk it. But it's an amazing. You're right. I love albums that you can put on from start to finish. Me Pixies, too. Doolittle, Van Halen 1, Replacements, Pixies Please do- to Meet Me. Oh, man. Radiohead, The Benz. Let's talk about Blur. Well, so I went and saw when I was in Santa Barbara. Yes. Going love to college. It. Love it. Love it. Love Blur it. Blur came out with that amazing record. Uh, what's the name of it? It's, I think it's just Blur. It's got song two on it. It's song, the yellow one. Song number two, right. Yeah. Um, I went and saw them at the Santa Barbara Bowl. Smash Mouth opened. Smash Mouth opened up for Blur? <laughs> Let's just let the confusion. Oh Four car they, accidents they, they happened. They didn't know? It was so weird. Oh, my God. It was so weird. But I was big into punk ska, and that first Smash Mouth album was also kind of a punk ska record. Was it? Yeah. If you, it's <laughs> might as well be walking on as I heard it. But every other song is like, and so it's weird. It's a weird record. But they really took the all star stuff and went. But they opened Santa Barbara Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to cut to the good part. Basically, I'm up front. There's a pit in front of the stage. Yeah. That people are in. Yeah. And then there's a railing that sort of is a semicircle around the pit. I'm at that railing, dead center. I got there early with some friends. And then there's a field behind me and then seating up. And Damon Alburn is front stage and they start playing song two. It's like... And he starts taunting the pit. 
like, come on up, come on up. Like jump the wall like, and get, get up, get here on on up here. Get on the stage <laughs> okay. because you could get up on the stage if they really wanted to. And he's doing it and they do. The pit starts climbing like rats, like up onto the stage. Young Santa Barbara kids. And I look left because I start feeling the push to my back. And I look left and it's and I can see people start to crest into the pit. And I'm like, this is happening. We all just jump into the pit and jump onto the stage. And we're jumping, we're dancing on the stage with Blur while they wow. play that song going, as, woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! as the final encore is going. Wow. It's in the paper if you can find that, if you can microfiche it. it uh, the, the security guards were like, wait, whoa, what the What fuck? are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? It was a mob. It was like, it was a, it was a rush. And it was like, if I had not jumped, I probably would have been crushed. I, I'll give you a quick song number two thing for me. For the last three years, I have done a rock show. I'm not a musician, but I can do the karaoke. Yeah. I would say to you that me and Jack Black, who's an old friend of mine, are the the two two best karaoke singers in Los Angeles. Well, okay. That's not fair. (laughs) I mean, Jack Black is amazing. Yeah, I know. But but what did you say? Heart of the Hole? We go Heart of the Hole. My friend Kevin says, who's like you, is he's the party guy. He says hard to the yard. So for the last three years, I like hard to the yard. Hard to the yard. For the last three years, I've put together a band and basically done a little rock show for my birthday at, a, at a bar in the, in the valley. The okay. He's on, on, on Lancashire. Is that your bar? No, it's uh, my friend owns it, and so we can do a show there. Great. That it's it's just easy to do, and I've done song number two every year. Really? Yep. Because I love fucking love it. It's and great. It's a great song to and sing. And you know what? Not too long. No, <laughs> it's tight. It's not it. Nobody's going. Ugh! He picked an over five minuter. <laughs> Great. It's not Hotel California. Oh, it's it's the seven minute common people <laughs> version. Great. <laughs> she came from Grisdale. Okay, give me a snapshot of oh. Santa Barbara college years for Jerry Trainer. Don't even. It's no, so please. cringy I want to and know. awkward. My friend Meredith Reback, hello Meredith Reback, who listens to this show, went Hi, to Meredith. UC Santa Barbara Go and then let, stayed there. Oh. Stayed there, met, like married the dude she met in college and okay. stayed in Santa Barbara. What's going on at UCSB? Dude, it's, I graduated 99. Yeah. Music wasn't really great. I mean, I was listening to a lot of a lot of punk rock, like Rancid what, and Mr. What, T. What Experience. do you do? What do you do? Where's, where I'm do you go? Out? Major. Oh, I'm a theater okay. major, so okay. I'm like a night owl. Okay. And it's a party town. You live yeah. in you live in Isla Vista, right? And it's just keggers all the time, right? And just partying and drinking too Are much. Are you renting little houses, oh, little yeah. bungalows? Oh okay. yeah. Well, there's like six of us in a house, right? And and we're all theater majors, right? And so we're all in plays and and we're all experimenting with theater <laughs> and we're all going to be famous actors. You know what I mean? It's just, the, it's the cringiest awkward. And I'm, I weigh, I, uh, you know, I'm still like probably six, two at the time. Yeah. You're a tall I, dude. I was tall. I've always been tall yeah. and skinny and yeah. just, I'm sure I weighed 105 pounds yeah. and just looked like such a dork. Right. But you're having a good time. Having a good time. Look good. You know, good music. Probably too much booze. What's the fucking taco place in, in oh, Santa Barbara? Oh, Freebirds. Freebirds. Freebirds is the burrito place, which, by the way, I didn't go to. I went to, there was TAs, and then there was a, there was another little hole in the wall that I can't remember the name of, but for three seventy five, you Super got- Super Rica. Was it? La Super Rica? Maybe. Okay. But it had a burrito the size of my skull, <laughs> filled with whatever meat they were using. 
But 375, and that I crushed that on the daily. Did you have a, a shitty job in Santa Barbara when you were in school? Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Starbucks I worked was down open. On, I worked down on State Street. Okay, and that's the that's the that was downtown. Okay, that's, that's down. sort of like the main strip. Right. Uh, that's where like the Wildcat Lounge was. Like rock swingers was hot. Remember? Yes. So it was like. All that type of music was coming in, like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and like <laughs> Cherry Poppin' Daddies. And you had to have Daddy Squirrel in the title of your band name. Squirrel Nut Zippers. <laughs> Lots of horns. Ska, punk. It was horns. And, and wallet chains. Dude, I wore bowling shirts. Yeah. Thrift shop shirts. I still do. I had a wallet chain. Hush puppies. I was that guy. I had a, ra- I had a punk ska radio show that was on from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. What? Uh, so... Sunday morning? So it was like Saturday night, so I couldn't party. Well, we partied, but then K- we went USB? It was K... Uh, what, what was, was it? it? Was it the college radio station? It was, yeah. Oh, it was under the yeah. tower. It was oh, under Stork Tower. Yeah. I don't even remember what the call... I, we didn't have a sting, dude. <laughs> Me and a buddy did it, and he would play characters. He would call in. I would just be like, go in the other room and just call in, and we'll have like a fake conversation about... Right, like, so it was be better like, than... I'm driving a truck! <laughs> so it was better than uh, here's the latest seven inch from and now a here's band from Ontario and they're called uh, this is the Caution Cuidado and their new song. It was better than that. It you was guys better are than that. To do bits. I don't even know what Caution Cuidado means. It's a, man, a band that I made up off the top of my head. It was like hey, here's and now here's Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna play the rudiments. But you you tried to do a little bit extra. You you did. We some just characters. got bored. And That's we're like, great. we can't just play records. We gotta like shoot the bull here. But and you had to get up at like three forty, yeah, and like truck it over to the. It didn't last long, dude. No, it didn't. Oh, I quit pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I did it like four or five times. I was like, I can't. Oh, I can't amazing. wake up this early. This is insane. I just went to bed. <laughs> I can't do this. Did you ever bring the party to the radio show? No. Hey, although, well, how stupid am I that I didn't? Although, who's going to Nobody's up. Yeah, who's there? Who's at the station? Uh, everybody turned it over to the person who was who was right Walking right down the street to get back to campus, it's just bodies on the ground, passed out in yards, red cups everywhere, vomit, <laughs> beer. <laughs> It's disgusting at that um, time of day. Yeah, no one's no one's up. I did not do WNUR at Northwestern because they were the snobs of snobs. Really? Yeah, you couldn't just do a show. They had they had rules about like you couldn't do a band that hadn't formed yet. Or uh. you, you you could only do bands that absolutely nobody knows at all. Oh, you know, like brand new bullshit, and it was just noise and. You know, weird, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't do it. Yeah. Because they, they didn't feel like my people when mm. I went to sit down and talk to them because I what, wanted to do a radio show. But what, what would you have played? I would have played replacements, Husker Du, Pixies, Sonic Youth. Oh, I would have sprinkled it with little, you know, Judas Priest, the Little Maiden, some Black Sabbath here and there, some yeah. deep cuts. Yeah. Because I know how to mix that. Because yep. I'm also the guy that puts together playlists for people and parties. Still? Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. Do you, what do you do? Tape or CD? Well, like for my birthday party. And do you do it from vinyl? <laughs> no, I have everything now on digital. But now like it's digital. For, my, for my birthday, I'll put together an hour of just recorded background music before we go on stage mm. so that when you walk in the bar, you're hearing my playlist. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I can we I could do 60s Waylon Jennings with Motorhead and make you make it sound seamless. I dig it. Yeah, that's who I am. You know who this is? I've never heard this song. <laughs> 
This is, when this came out, this was like, oh, this is a fucking serious band now. Yes. This is not Oasis. Nope. You can't, this is not Britpop anymore. Nope. Nope, this is different. This is, Although, this is fucking paranoid. When, they, that, when that creep video, it was like, are these the dudes from the, the Sprockets sketch? <laughs> right. From Again, SNL? I didn't like it. I didn't like the song. Was, I didn't weird. like the video because I'm like, I don't get them, but they I get this. They play a Telecaster? I'm out! <laughs> I get this. Radiohead released their third album, their monster, OK Computer, in May of 1997. That's I would have gotten that wrong. I had it earlier in my mind. May of 1997, the album... No, wait a minute. Yeah. That can't be right. According to Wikipedia, right. yeah. No. Yeah, Are you having a time warp? A time I am because time? I remember vividly watching the video at my parents' house, but 97, I'm still in college, so it must have been the summer when I was at home. You're visiting Diego. So in my mind, it's in, I'm in, still in high school, but that's not right. I'm in college. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The album found the band experimenting with song structures and incorporating ambience, avant-garde, and electronic influences, prompting Rolling Stone to call this record... A stunning art rock tour de force. Yeah. Yep. And it is. It's it's great. So wait, yeah. So '97. You when did you graduate UCSB? '99. '99. Okay. So yeah. you're in college when this is going on. Yep. And I'm listening to mostly punk rock, ska. I'm my one of my roommates is very into techno. So he's exposing me to like Daft Punk, Bjork, Tricky, Massive then, Attack. Yep, all that stuff. Right. And Fatboy Slim was big. That's right. So there was there was the dance stuff that was hitting really hard. There was No Doubt was huge. You remember a band called Wank? I do not know. Okay. I don't. You, you don't need to. It's always just something I throw in there because they had this hit that I liked and it was another sort of odd Punk ska kind of sounding record. They almost sounded like a punk ska social distortion. Were they a California band? I have no idea. Wank. But they had a hit, right? And they—I don't know where they went. Right. But nobody remembers them. It's like a weird thing. It's like the Mandela effect. Totally. I understood. remember it, and no one else does. But so there was the dance stuff. Britpop was huge. Blur. Yep. I went and saw them, and and of course Radiohead, and it was. Yeah, what did you ask? <laughs> I just Who are you? Out. Who are you? What's your deal? What happened? When did you decide you were going to come to Los Angeles? I mean, I knew I wanted to be an actor. I was majoring in theater. Yeah. And then I did a one-person show my senior year and a... That a, you wrote? Yeah. I mean, it was... It was... I, I wanted to do so. Here's the thing. My... I'm a high energy person. I can tell in in bursts, but then I I when I go home, I'll just be like, shut down, you know. And when I was there, my entire acting career at UCSB was teachers being like, calm down, drop it <laughs> in, learn to just chill and like method and be like. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got to do my own thing. You know, there's a lot of young, it's young people, and so there's a lot of people doing very sort of like ther- theaterist therapy, you know, torturous, blood, screaming, duct tape on the body type stuff. And I was like, I'm going to just mess around with the, I'm going to do, I didn't even know the phrase then, but basically it was a structured improv. Understood. And so because of that, because I did that, there was an agent in the audience that had gone through the UCSB BFA program, who was a friend of my professor, she watched it and was just like, you, 
when are you coming to LA? And I was like, mm, I graduate in June. So when? And she's like, so I started going down and auditioning almost immediately. Great. Fantastic. And it was great. I was very lucky. I was, I was the lucky one for my class. What was the first thing you booked? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, do you remember MTV's Undressed? Ish. Yes. It was the late night MTV sort of uh, soap. And right, right, right. Oddly, yes. oddly produced by Roland Jaffe. Yes. Who did the mission with Robert De Niro, the movie, like the Oscar nominated movie or winning movie, maybe. He did this late night TNA, and there was always three stories. There was like a high school story, a college story, and then like a post college story. And it was a soap. It was just like an was ongoing. Was that Australian girl Jacinda on that? Everybody, everybody yeah. of my era right, was went on that through show. that right. show. Right. And it's, right. I still see actors where I'm like, he was on Undressed. Like that was, and a lot of people left and sort of went off, whatever, disappeared, disappeared over time. Right. But Undressed, I was, I, uh, I played like a jock, weirdly, but I was 22. Yeah. So I, but I looked 16. Yeah. So I could play high school. Fantastic. And I played a guy who was at a spin the bottle party and another dude is dressed like a girl because he wants to get close to this other girl. And then I get to kiss her, quote unquote, thinking it's a girl. And that, I, that was, that's my welcome to LA. You weren't in the room when they pitched that. No. I was like, what is it? I'll do it. There's money? Do you know where I live? MTV I money. Lived in, I lived in the most disgusting. My first, my first apartment tell here. Tell me. Please tell me. It, Give me the fucking address. My parents left crying when they dropped me off. My mom was <laughs> weeping. Where was it? It was in the valley on Burbank Boulevard and Cantaloupe. There's a there's a uh, an apartment building, and if you went back behind the alley and then behind the dumpster, there was an entryway to what was once a sliding glass door to a master bedroom that they had then walled off and doored, and it. That when I got there, there was a this dis- disgusting fold-out couch, a hot plate, and a fridge, and like a bathroom with a it tiny was an illegal shelf. apartment. It's totally not supposed illegal. to be an my apartment. rent. My rent was three hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks a month. I'm not kidding. Wait, I don't. Where's Cantaloupe? Is that Sherman Oaks? I don't it's know Cantaloupe. Ne- it's near. There's an Irish bar right there called something something and uh, something. There's an Irish. It's the Ireland's Irish pub. 32. Yes, you live that by was, Ireland's it's, 32. It was next to me. Oh, shit. Okay. It was next I know where to me. You are. Yeah. Ireland's 32. Yeah, and and Robin, then there was the Robin Hood is down the street. And Robin Hood down the street. <laughs> yeah. And then and yeah. then the Carl's Jr. was right <laughs> that's there. That's right. That that's there. Yeah. Burbank and, I, and Hazel I team. I wonder if it still exists and if someone lives in it. And what <laughs> the rent is. It's probably ever, still 350 bucks a month. Have you? Don't tell the cops. I have two Ireland's 32 things. Oh, here we go. Have you ever been to Ireland's 32 on? fucking St. Patrick's Day. No. It's just throw up city. It's, it's plastic It's cups. just puke. It's just puke. Especially <laughs> in the back. Because that place. Come Ireland, on down to puke night. Ireland's 32 is a black hole. I dated. She was a lovely woman. And my friends knew. Quenby was a girl that I dated in the, in the, uh, in the mid 2000s. And she was friends with all of these people that were trying to like resurrect this like trucker rock country what? scene in LA. So no. Wednesday nights at Ireland's 32 oh, God. was like trucker country rock nights. Mm. When her friends, what year was this? 
2006, 2007, right, 2008. So I, was, I was long gone. And anyway, it was a point of contention between us because I didn't want to go to Trucker Rock Night to, to go see her friends play. Really? To go see the 29 Heels play. You didn't want to? I didn't want to. What's wrong with you? We were living in Silver Lake, and I'm like, honey, please go. There's just no way. What was her name? Quimby? Quimby. Yeah, she was That's great. That's a cool name. She, I, 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 I screwed that up big time. But is she still? Do you know if she's still into that kind of music? Um, not only that, is she still into it? She actually tours around like Montana and Idaho as Quinby with an acoustic guitar and plays bars from Jackson Hole to Bozeman. And, and she embraced and, it. Blah, blah. She fucking embraced it. God and speed, I couldn't Quimby. stand the scene at Ireland's 32. So I hear you. I yeah. feel you. I feel you. <laughs> don't don't do this to me. Uh, this is the new. Yeah. This is a new. This is from the new Radiohead album, Kid A. Yeah, you could probably uh, find this at uh, Blockbuster. You wouldn't or... get it, bro. <laughs> hey, man, have you seen that new movie, Vanilla Sky? Tom Cruise is trying something different, dude. You wouldn't understand. We're going to put on a Kid A Sugaraz rock block. Get your bowels ready. Because they're going to expel. Radiohead's fourth album, Kid A, was released in October of 2000. A departure from OK Computer. Kid A. A departure. A departure. Mm -hmm. This is Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, Kid A featured more programmed electronic beats, strings, and jazz horns. It debuted at number one around the world, including the U.S. And it was the first Radiohead album to debut atop the Billboard chart as a British act since the Spice Girls. Really? God bless them. Yeah. Wow. 96. In 2001, the band followed up Kid A with Amnesiac, which Jerry has referenced before. Yep. Uh, mostly because both these albums were recorded simultaneously. I used to play this song. Like, I was going Non-stop. through a bad breakup when this was happening. This was me num- numbing myself and walking up and down Beachwood Canyon with headphones on. A great, almost an essential headphones record. It takes you somewhere. 100%. If you are on a plane and you have noise-canceling headphones, yeah. I, you have to play this record. Yeah. Front to back. <laughs> the way it ends, the way it begins, it, 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 where it takes you, the, the bass riff from National Anthem. Yeah, it's amazing. Richard, how do you feel about Radiohead? You haven't chimed in at all. You like them. You do. Wait. I, I can't read Wait your a face. They're you, great. Yes, you like, like Radiohead. No, I like. Them. Okay. I know. I can never. Sometimes Jerry, I can never tell with Richard because Richard and I are still we're friends, but we're we're still getting to know the intricate corners of yeah. each other's. Sometimes he'll be. How like, long has this podcast been going? Since May, dude. You're like number twenty-seven. <laughs> I feel. I just had a feeling just now. Yes. Of gross inadequacy, because I. It should not be talking about radio. It's when I listened. Yeah, you yeah, told me to listen to Justin Warfield's yeah. podcast to get an idea of what. And I was like, this guy is a scholar. He knows everything about music. I know well, nothing. He's a working musician. Yeah, but I, I don't care about. I talking was on about Nickelodeon. Yeah, great. Why am I talking about radio? 
Radiohead. Because uh, I want to hear you talk about being on Nickelodeon. Why am I talking about the greatest band ever? Like, I'm just... Dude, you're crushing it. Like, Matt Pinfield should be here or you're something. You're crushing it. Because I don't want to talk about that. I want to know when you booked iCarly. Oh, God. It's, it's more about the way music has affected your life. Yeah. Not not, not about these people. Yeah, no. I, we're not going to talk about Radiohead. Oh. I want to know. Now I want to know when did you book that, <laughs> that first gig? <laughs> when did you book that first gig that gave you a couple of bucks in your pocket Radio- where you could shop at Gelson's and not freak out about it? iCarly was that gig. Okay. iCarly was the That's gig. That's all I want to know. Okay. <laughs> where you don't have to like, Let's eat go. rice and beans anymore and you can like <laughs> go and have a meal. <laughs> let me, let, I got to work through my own neurosis, okay? I don't like talking about You're myself. You're crushing it. I, this You're is, crushing This has gone it. south fast. We're almost done, dude. I just wanted Matt Penfield to come over. Get you here. Did. Save the day. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be here in a minute. This is Matt Pinfield. Radiohead released there for no. Okay, so tell me about the first big gig. Uh, well, I was I was working at a call center for uh, the Amundsen and the Mark Taper Forum downtown. That's a good call center to work it for. Was, I thought was, you were going to be like nail products. No, or like, no, no. Okay. You, you could go to see plays and Fantastic. whatever, and you do. You get the blue hairs on the phone, and yes. you just talk them down. It was too. There was nudity, and I wasn't warned. <laughs> It was too loud. It was too loud? And oh, somebody they, shushed oh. me when I opened my lozenge. Would they call in to you to oh, yeah. like talk about that stuff? Yeah. Like, because we didn't work on commission. We were... Is Sting going to be in the play that they're advertising? I want to see Robert Guillaume in Phantom of the Opera. Well, he's not in this one, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> what am I subscribing for? And they got mean. Those those people could be mean. Yes. But I had done... I think nine episodes of Drake and Josh. Yeah, but I was that wasn't enough money to live on, so I was still I had my job, and it was a it was an IATSE job, so I got benefits and all that stuff. Oh, cool, right? And you, you, I could get to go see plays, and when you needed an audition, you could clock out and go. Very supportive call center. A lot of everyone in there was an actor, writer, director, trying to do something in the arts, and so it was great. You could you could clock out, go audition, come back, clock back in. Everyone's pulling their weight, whatever, but. Then uh, the producer of Drake and Josh then created iCarly for Miranda Cosgrove, who was the little sister on Drake and Josh, and then it was going to be her show. Right. And he called me and was like, can you play something that's not insane? (laughs) (laughs) Which, just to let you know, that, that was... I had spent, as I've said, my college career trying to learn to act, be an actor. Right. And then my, you know, one of my most sort of notable gigs when I get here is to play Crazy Steve on Drake and Josh, who is just a dude flying off the handle. That was the bit. That's what I did every episode. And that's your wheelhouse. And that was it. (laughs) Right. They, They asked if I could go bigger, like five times in that audition. Wow. Can you... Can you go bigger? And I was like, yes. And I had to stop them and I said, I, I need to n- tell you, I can go nuclear. Just tell me. And they said, take the brakes off. Go hard. I'm like, I don't think you want to do it. They said, and I did it. And I got that part. Amazing. And then that led to iCarly. I auditioned, tested, 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 read with Miranda, all this stuff. And it was the weekend of my 30th birthday. Yeah. And I had booked a Verizon commercial, and then that Friday, I did the final test, and they called me back in. It was me and one other guy, 
And they called me back in and the guy was walking out. And he, he said to Miranda, I found this out later, he said to Miranda and her mom, I guess I didn't get it. And he was right. I walked in and uh, Dan Schneider, the, the producer, was like, do you want to do this? Like, wow. this is going to be, and he was like, look, this is going to be like three years and then you could go off and do whatever you want. And he was wrong. It was like five years and it became this cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Took us to the White House. It took you to the White House. Oh yeah, met Michelle Obama, wow. pet the dog, like went on tour, <laughs> like with all this stuff. Like it became this weird thing. Yeah. We had all the, we had Jack Black on. Yeah. Um, uh, we had many. We had so many like guests and. It's because they wanted to be on because their kids loved the show, right? And so I got to meet that's, like amazing way, Jane Lynch. That's such an LA thing when people's kids love a show, yeah. And the mom and or dad is like, I guess I got to go do an episode of Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens. You want to hear the, the time. cool? Here's something cool. Yeah. that you'll like. We went. So we did an episode in New York. And where the sort of the premise was we go, the kids go on Jimmy Fallon's show. And so we were in New York. And while we were there, we got to go, well, I got to go by myself to The Daily Show. And I met Jon Stewart and his family. And that was amazing. Wow. And then we as a cast went to SNL. And it was the season finale. And it was Kristen Wiig's last show. Wow. And it was a blowout. Foo Fighters Fighters played with, um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was Mick Jagger fronting the. F- oh my God, I'm blanking. It was Foo Fighters. Well, Dave Grohl was there. Yeah, and then Dave he, Grohl's everywhere. He asked to meet me, which blew my mind because <laughs> his kids are into Carly. Yeah. Oh yeah, his daughters. And I was just like, what? What is that? And it was it was the Foo Fighters playing backing Mick Jagger. I love it. No, when, was it Arcade Fire? No, it was Foo Fighters. Why am I blanking? This is so weird. Whatever. But then there was an after party. As there always is. And that was insane. Right. And it was. Because it's Kristen's going away party. And it was. The, that was the. It was the Foo Fighters. Because the Foo Fighters were playing just cover bands. And like the ca- pe- people from SNL were like doing karaoke, but with Foo Fighters playing. Right. Which was insane. Right. And then there was an after after party at the Ace Hotel. Wow. Till the sun came up. Wow. Questlove DJing. Wow. The Strokes were there. Right. It was bananas. I that was the most. I that was the most. gets you there. It was, I, it, I felt like such an outcast. Like I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't, I just felt like I didn't belong there, but I was, I felt like an observer. You know what I mean? I totally understood. I felt like I'm watching this weird thing happen around me, but I'm not a participant. Right. So it's, it was, a, it's, a, it's, it was surreal for me Yeah, understood. because it's like, you know, there's Emma Stone and there's all these famous and Andrew Garfield and all these famous people. And, and I'm just like. But I don't, but I'm just on iCarly. Like, I'm this, I'm a nobody. You know what I mean? I felt like a nobody. But isn't that always the thing in L.A.? Because it's for a lot of people, yeah. I feel like those people felt like they belong. But some of them are like, oh, well, look, there's fucking Alec Baldwin. I'll never be that. You know what I mean? People are always, like, looking up. Yeah. Lots of people are. Like, my thing that I'm doing now is not. Except Dave Grohl. See, I'm I'm 6'3". You're right about that. I'm always looking down. That's the king of the world. Sorry, that did was you do groundlings? Did yeah. you, do, you did groundlings. Well, I did, and then I I got to uh, advanced at the time, which was after Writers Lab, and right. when when advanced was happening, I contacted the teacher, Mitch Silpa, who I knew who had because he had guested on iCarly, and I was like, right. "Will I be able to do this?" Right. And he was like, "You'd be in hell. 
you can't do iCarly and the ground. So, oh, I, right. so that sort Understood. of ended that. I got you. But the nice thing is, I've since sort of gotten in with the. Um, I know a lot of the the groundlings. They're great friends, and so they yeah. call me to do the the Wednesday show a lot. Like oh, I great. do the Crazy Uncle Joe show a lot, that's and I great. and it's my favorite improv show in LA. So that's that's a thing where I feel like because you're basically super grateful you're basically, that I get to do that. You're basically like Baronholtz. Okay. <laughs> uh, I gotta go. No, the, uh, two you, the two of you should do a show together. He's awesome. He's yeah. he's awesome. He's one but of those I, guys. I feel that you had you done had you just had you had the free space to just be like I'm gonna do growlings. You'd have been on Saturday Night Live. I, that track a, was available to it's you. It's a very strange. That track was available to you, but you had iCarly. My existence. This is sort of sums up my existence. By the way. Amazing song. Who is this band? They're great. <laughs> but I didn't come to LA to be on kids TV, but that really became this thing. Yeah. And it's become sort of not not across the bear. It, it, it's 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 like a uniform that I I wear now. Yeah. It's a responsibility. Yeah. And I've always said, you know, like you can't go do a porn. <laughs> no, no, I can't. And it's, you know, and there's, that sucks. yeah, yeah. And it's like if I want, I really want to. Right. I think I'd be good at. It. <laughs> I'm good at doing it. You can't do a hardcore movie about suicide. It's that would like an indie movie that I, would I got freak like, out yeah. one million iCarly fans around the world. You just don't want to traumatize yeah, these kids. Yeah, I understood. That's amazing. That's incredible. 2003's Hail to the Thief. That's the name of the album. Mixed rock and electronic music with lyrics inspired by the war on terror. This was Radiohead's final album for EMI. Because after that, the band pioneered alternative release platforms such as Pay What You Want and BitTorrent. They released their seventh album in Rainbows in 2007 as a download for which customers could set their own price to critical and I paid. success. I paid for it. I don't think I did. I'm such a cheap bastard. I, eight, I so wanted that model to work out. I was like, I'm doing this. They're right. That's good. Their eighth album, King of Limbs, in 2011 was more exploration and looping and sampling. Moonshape Pool, 2016, prominently featured Johnny Greenwood's orchestral arrangements. Yeah. Radiohead were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2019, and I am totally okay with that, even though Iron Maiden is not in yet, what? Judas Priest is not in yet, That's and Motorhead is not in yet. How is that possible? I don't know. How do they get in? Oh, they vote well, on it, right? Well, well, the, the voting doesn't matter. Like they do the fan voting thing, but a lot of uh, my favorite bands have like been in the top three of the voting. Like yeah. Iron Maiden was like number one that, that year. That is a gross oversight. There How is, is that even possible? There's a whole political thing. Like you got to like get business dudes with a lot of cash to like start donating money on behalf of your band to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's Iron such bullshit. Iron Maiden one is not biggest, in the still, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That one of doesn't biggest, make any sense. One of the biggest bands in the world today. Yeah. One of the top... So, Richard's so tired of me saying every, oh, every this, podcast I bring up. Like, is why is it Iron Maiden in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> they can sell 60,000 seats at any soccer stadium in South America. What the fuck? Anyway. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't it's make bizarre. sense. It's bizarre. Radiohead. Yeah. 
Oh my god, Jerry. What's up? <laughs> my timer went off. Are we I done? I set a timer. We're, we're going to round it out. I just want to ask you a couple more questions. Hit me up. Yeah. By the way, that Hail to the Thief record. Yeah. He, Tommy York did an interview where he said he wished he had omitted certain songs and had it reordered it. And I, I have a playlist at home where I, I did the order that he wished he had done. Oh, nice. And it's interesting. It like kind of feels like a new record That's when great. you, when you listen to his version, but just he, a little tidbit, who, Google it. Who fought him on that? So I, don't, I have no that. idea. I, I I don't know why it happened the way. I feel like they they recorded so much and they were so prolific and they kind of just kitchen synced it. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's not one of their most popular records, but it's still brilliant. Right. I mean, it's still them. What are you up to these days? What 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 are you up to? Oh my god. Um. Nothing. I did the one man show thing in the mid nineties here. I'm in not LA. doing anything. Yeah. I'm auditioning. I'm still auditioning. I'm right out. On. I got one tomorrow. Excellent. <laughs> we'll see. I won't give it. I won't get it. They've probably offered it to someone. When you got here, you said you hit it hard the past couple of nights. So, what'd you drink? Well, that's just yeah. <laughs> that's just idle hands. That's what, dude. I have, I have so many friends that just go to? Uh, raised, you go raised Mick Catholic, and we're all just uh, a uh, bunch of depraved that's idiots. That's me, man. Yeah, I know. You, yeah. you mentioned it. What, where, where'd you go last night? See, uh, do I say? Yeah, I can't. Can. I yeah. don't want to. Okay, uh, that's like enough. my sanctuary. Here's the thing. This is what I'm talking about. Hyperion this Public. This is real. Don't do it, dude. <laughs> so don't. Club, club TG. I can't. Stop. <laughs> Stop telling the, them where I the live. You're at the roost last I'm night. <laughs> I'm not. I'm never at the roost. Look, look here's the problem. I have. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to be. The positive role model externally yes. that I think people want. Look, there's a there's a goodwill currency that I think I, that I don't want but to squander. You have it though, dude. You have yeah, a but good I also soul, don't but want you have a to good be soul. Out, I don't want to be out at a bar and have some <laughs> fan be like, right. "Look at that." Oh my God! <laughs> Snorting coke off an escort on the top of the like Lamentage. I do every night. <laughs> Well, you're an amazing dude, man, and you have a great soul. I'm, and I mean that honestly. I, I appreciate it. I can see, see you're a good dude. That's why I like I you. I try and be a good That's dude. That's why I invited you on this podcast, because you are a good dude. I was I, I was like, I don't want to talk about myself. What? what, what? Dude, you fucking crushed it. Oh, thanks, Who do you think is going to win The Bachelor? I think he's going to offer it to Maddie. I yeah. think she's going to say no. I think he ends up alone. <laughs> Richard doesn't care. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna end up together. I think he's gonna pick Madison, and I think they're gonna make it work. How? I don't know. He's a hornball. <laughs> We've established he just. Peter. Peter is a hornball. He's a hornball. And Madison loves the Lord, but I think that they'll try to make it it's work. It's not gonna All work. All you have to do is make it work for six months, and you get a couple promotional appearances. Yeah, they're gonna try and make it and work. You get for on the Dancing publicity. with the Stars. Madison will be on Dancing with the Stars. Right. It'll be a whole thing. Right. And then once they get done with that round of publicity, as you know. Once you're done with that tour, you don't think Hannah B's gonna come back into the world? I wish that she would, but no, I don't know. No, not in the Do you Bachelor know, world. I heard tomorrow they're gonna announce who the Bachelorette is. Oh shit! I didn't know that. I and I kind of. You can say it because by I'm the not, time, but, but, but I don't want to spoil be out, it up for you. No, I'm, no, I'm not gonna spoil it. No spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. Because I, I don't want to spoil it for you. Thank you. Well, you're a good man. I want to thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. You're the greatest. This is an awesome place. <laughs> and can I just say? 
proud of you. <laughs> thank you, Jerry. And thank you for seeing me for who I am. Yeah. And Richard, thank you for coming in. Uh, I'm glad you're alive and that you weren't torn down by coronavirus. No, I survived. You survived. <laughs> are you playing us out with something different? What are you doing? Ooh, what's up? What's up next? Ooh, it's the sting! <laughs> is this Quibi? No. Who, who is this? <laughs> Wait. Wait. I'm a little bit country. Yes! Yay! <laughs> Let's go to the Wild Animal Park! The San Diego Wild Animal Park. Yeah. I don't know. 